Get ready for non-stop action. Get ready for non-stop excitement. They're doing the job possibly nobody wants. Watching every canon film and analyzing them. To death. Frank Garcia Hale. Jeff Garlock in The Canon Canon. Merry Christmas. Sorry I fucked you over. Welcome to The Canon Canon. My name is Jeff Garlock. And I'm Frank Garcia, Captain Fucking Magic Hale. <laughs> I'm glad you're using that one because I feel like I needed that one explained. <laughs> There's a bunch of this that I needed explained. And a bunch in our podcast. This is the Canon Canon, of course, the podcast where we talk about Canon films and all of their amazing output. And we also go on digressions, diversions, uh, paths, uh, the least which traveled, Wolf, Raldo, Emerson. Well, Waldo's pond. Uh, that was where my. Is Waldo? Uh, oh yeah, where is Waldo's pond? This <laughs> was my high school quote. <laughs> for for our English listeners, it's where's Wally? Oh. Ah, look at that! And if you didn't recognize that voice, people, we are uh, in the end of our holiday season canon canon treat. We had to, just yep. had to. Like we didn't want to, Frank. Legally, we had to. Uh, yes. Devote. The presents were open. When we opened one of the presents, it said, you must have this guest back on by yes. law, decreed by Santa. Exactly. Santa said, look, you've been doing Shane Black Christmas. You've been talking about Shane Black every single week for all of the holidays because that guy loves Christmas. And you have already had a guest on named John Murray. This was a long note from Santa. I was like, Santa, you got other things to do. What are you doing here? My guy, you got to deliver more <laughs> presents, cha-cha. <laughs> You're running out of time like Vincent D'Onofrio in the beginning of Full Metal Jacket. Is that right? But, Maybe. I, uh... yeah. but I digress, <laughs> Quapakiko. Um, <laughs> but... You got to have this guest back on because this guest wants to be back on. <laughs> but also, we want him on. People, we've already had John Murray on here talking about the long kiss goodnight in our Shane Black month. And, uh, you know, right away, even he asked, are you going to be doing Kiss Kiss Bang Bang? He's like, I know you've got feelings on Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Other people have said... Canon fans, are you guys gonna do Kiss Kiss Bang Bang? I maybe even tried to like skirt around it. And oh, Frank you did. Like, I did. I said no, no, no. <laughs> I know. I said, you, try to do. Here's the thing. I I wanted to watch Last Action Hero. Yes. But if you look at the credits of that writing thing, he's one of four or five writers on that. <laughs> no, 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 right. no. Frankie wasn't letting me do this. He was like, we got to talk Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. <laughs> yeah. It will make a good pod. Jeff, like I said, every every holiday needs to have that discussion around the table. Some people would call it an argument, but yes. in a family, Jeff, in a family, it's a discussion. All right? And and that's why I even I was like, I, I dodged it when I did the long kiss goodnight but i was like you know what i can't i gotta have that discussion with my uncle i gotta have that talk with him yeah uh, that's the thing like who is the the pain in the ass uncle in this family discussion is <laughs> we it, all is are. it frank is it me yeah i think it's all of us because we are family when you're here 
at the candy candy in your family, <laughs> especially when you got trademarked. We came up with that, not you. Not that Don't we've come had at any us. trouble recently with taking anything that. <laughs> not that we've had gigantic companies coming after us to have us take down things. Hope you enjoyed your candid candid shirts if you got them before <laughs> the gods of commerce came after us. But hopefully people won't come after us because, of course, we got the Cannon Bros here. Of course, we had to talk about Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. And, of course, we had to have John Murray back to talk Shane Black Christmas, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, the whole shebang. John, how you doing, man? Nice. I'm good. I'm excited to be back. I I will. I'm gonna tell everyone. Force my way back on the show. I just was like, we. I because you know what? Here's the thing. I I, I walked the walk, guys. And the thing is, uh, now I'll, I'm gonna just well, let's just do Dennis Miller this entire time. Be like, hey, babe, I walked the walk. Anyway, uh, I like I I do watch these Shane Black movies around the holidays. I put it on. I watched it over the weekend. And I texted Jeff. I was like, hey, I just watched it. And he's like, oh, we're gonna talk about it on Monday. And I was like, let me on. Like yeah. the timing was just too kismet. It truly to let was. It go by. I watched it the day before. Uh, <laughs> it, it 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 needed to happen. And I actually do think. You know, the Canterbury's stumble into our plans always. And I do think we kind of came up with, um, slightly unwittingly, a good trajectory for Shane Black Christmas and for how we cover these movies. Because uh, we both... it Here's my opinion. One, a big thing, and we'll get into this more. Uh, I said it to both of you, I believe... I think kiss, kiss, bang, bang, walk so that the nice guys could run. Uh, and 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 I think we started with maybe the ultimate Shane Black movie for Shane Black-isms, kind of, with now that's what I call Shane Black, <laughs> volume one, <laughs> a.k.a. the nice guys, and also maybe the least Christmassy of all the ones. And then we're ending... I think the, kiss, I think kiss, the last bang, bang. the last Boy Scout would want to talk to you about being the least Christmas. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> not, last Boy Scout has at least one and a half references. If we're counting the uh, Spago reindeer meat pizza. <laughs> okay, all right. Oh man, <laughs> we're literally led the nice guys only has that there is like tinsel in the background of the bar at the end of the movie. They, they, I think they play some kind of Christmas melody over them looking at that ad. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like everyone's so miserable in the last Boy Scout. It's just like there's nothing. Everyone's like, you son of a bitch. Like uh, from Darian on up, everyone calls each other a son of a bitch in that movie at some point. So I just feel like Christmas is dead in that world. Yeah, oh, yeah. it is. Uh, Christmas and humanity is dead in is that dead. world. I mean, Keanu I almost... Negron's the only person having a good time in that world. Milo is the only person who's like, I got to figure it out. Man, we, we did it. We did Last Boy Scout with Jason Gore, and, and he was amazing. And also, I was like, man, if we had a like, four-way with John Murray in here, <laughs> that would have yeah. been a wild ride of wondering what is going on in this movie. Uh, but son uh, of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I do think like it, it in the way that we did them of going from the nice guys to the long kiss goodnight, uh, uh, which introduced us to the concept of Shane Black needs the right director to not make Shane Black stuff 
like, you know, close to painful sometimes. Long Kiss Goodnight is a good movie. Um, to then The Last Boy Scout, which is like solidifying that, where it's like, how can it be Tony Scott, who is a great director, who does not know what to do with the de- uber depressed Shade Black, into Iron Man 3, which I never even think of as a Shade Black movie. And to realize, like, oh, what, like, is it Shane Black or is it Marvel? It's hard to tell. We talked about that, Frank, back and forth. You can't mm-hmm. tell what is what. You can't tell what who's bringing the genre, who's bringing the Christmas, who's bringing the funk in there. <laughs> and, and then there's Kiss Kiss Bag Bag, which is very Christmassy and needed to exist to get to... Iron Man 3, but only could have existed because of The Last Boy Scout and Parts of Long Kiss Goodnight. And then almost, in my mind, again, feels like, man, I really could nail it with the nice guys. (laughs) Like, what if I really took my stuff and really hit it less stuck in a time period Jeff got like complaint maybe about kiss kiss bang bang that we'll get into, but it's just an it, it, it to me it really did piece together where I was like the greatest gift I have given myself is a better understanding of Shane Black's Ufra, which is the whole point of this podcast to some extent. Yeah, and uh, and so yeah, like I, I think like I mean so. <sighs> Kiss, kiss, bang, bang has always. You don't been even a know where to start, dude. You're yeah. just like so into the weeds. <laughs> well, because why, why, why do we first? Or yeah, you know, or why do we so start when we yeah. saw it in the theater? Let's start small, like we did the oh, last. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Well, yeah. Do we want to do uh, personal or facts first? Let's do. I would actually like facts because yeah. I was thinking about the personal more than I usually do with this one. And I think it might help for me to put into context what the hell was going on in 2005, (laughs) movie-wise. All right. All right. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang came out on November 11th, 2005. The budget was $15 million, and the worldwide gross was $15.8 million. So the top 10 movies of 2005... We have Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, War of the Worlds, The Chronicles of Narnia, Wedding Crashers, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Batman Begins, Madagascar, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, and Hitch. Out of 200, where do you think this movie came in? Yeah, what do you think? I'm gonna Mark? go. I'm gonna go 60 again. I'm gonna go because that's where uh, uh, Long Kiss Goodnight ended. I'm gonna say 60. 43. Hmm. Well, John technically wins this, but it's... Technically. <laughs> it technically, but it's 186th. Whoa! We were way too generous. And I think also, well, that's partly, that's that has part to do with the fact that it was released in November. Yep. So I think that skews the numbers, but even then it didn't stay in theaters very long. It was a very limited release. Uh... But it was beat by Bing Julia, and it was it beat Enron, the smartest guys in the room. Funny movie, funny movie, funny, <laughs> hilarious. This is what uh, everybody knows. Downey met his wife uh, yeah. on, the, on this set because she was a producer on the movie. Uh, this was the one that uh, this that John Favreau saw and thought, "Hey, that should be Iron Man." 
gave him a chance, uh, re, you know, uh, kicked in his career again. And, um, yeah. Oh, also Canon Connection. Canon Connection. Judy Aronson. She's in it. She's in it. Wait. Where'd I miss Judy Aronson? I know. You mean the guy that just kicked your ass? <laughs> Wait. Yeah, she's a gift She's a she's gift, a bag, gift bag girl, yeah. I, oh, you know, here's the problem. I was zoning a couple times. Oh, during oh this kiss. boy. Oh, Here and we I go. am so Here sad go. that Here that's the uh, You're the uncle. Moment. You're the uncle. Man, I'm the uncle. Yes. <laughs> I did my own research and I did it poorly. And I didn't even recognize Judy was in there. Man. Yeah. And we love Judy Erickson. Yeah. It's a little blink and you'll miss it. But yeah. She's I'm going to have to go back, though, uh, and yeah, try like to a, find it. A that. lot of weird. Cameos. Kind of like cameos and like references in this Lawrence movie Fishburne that, is the voice of the yeah, bear. Voice of the bear. Um, oh, notice, really? <laughs> yeah. The like think about in the sense of just the greater thing of like protocop. He breaks into a random apartment like Robert Downey Jr. did in the past. Yep. Weird. Um, there's another thing I was seeing uh, on the IMDb facts that was a good one where. Like Kilmer kisses Downey as a distraction, and he does something like that in The Saint. There's like these weird. That's just something I kind of like about this movie. There's these weird little like hidden references and gems that are popped throughout it that I just am like, wow, he really, he like you could tell he had a good time writing this one more than say like the Last Boy Scout. You know, there's yes. just like <laughs> he's he's playing around a lot. Oh yeah. Well, which is also it. Yeah, it's like he was depressed writing that, but then looking at it, seems like. Like the trajectory slightly was like he, I don't he the last Boy Scout didn't do well. I don't understand this Wikipedia fact that he got a letter kicking him out of the academy of a, like arts and sciences. That's just like <laughs> one of those Wikipedia sentences where I'm like, yeah, huh? Wait, what? What does Wait, that right. mean? You wrote the last Boy Scout. <laughs> Get out! Get out! Yeah, Get that's out how <laughs> that sentence comes across. So. James you L- son of a bitch. <laughs> so you blew up the Hollywood Hills and laughed about it. That's where we live. Um, they James L. Brooks, I believe, was like or was like, hey, you should write like a romantic comedy. Uh, and that's how it started. Like he wrote a version that was like more of like a rom-com. Uh, and then it didn't really completely work uh, and then ended up, you know, kind of going through the uh, the ringer. Uh, he liked his first draft. It was a quirky story of two kids in L.A. His later attempts started to lose focus. So to salvage what he liked, he suggested Black Imagine Jack Nicholson from As Good As It Gets playing his role in Chinatown. So, like, that's where it led to, okay, I'll bring in action elements Fuck it, I gotta put a murder in it. He reworks the screenplay. He didn't have Gay Perry, but he brought in Gay Perry because he said he wanted to break stereotypes. I don't this know. Is, if uh, this is a he's got some more work to do there. Too. <laughs> yes, that's a classic Shane Black move. To me. It's like, yeah, sure, that's what was going on with Gay Perry. <laughs> um, but yeah, and so then it was, but also at one point, and maybe you would know this, John, because I feel like you would be like, yeah, of course I read that. I own it. Like he part of it is based off of Brett Halliday's bodies are where you find yeah. them. But do, also he's paying homage it. to Raymond Chandler. 
He is. I tried to find the Brett Holiday books, but I think they're out of print. They're from like the 40s. And yeah, I think 41 was that book. They're like astronomically expensive. So I couldn't I couldn't read it. I did, of course, when I saw it was based on I was like, oh, I want to read that. <laughs> of course. But it just didn't happen. Of course. But I think that's so. the interesting part. Is it's so it's such a Shane Blackie movie, but also went on such a long path of like, ah, oh, fuck, that doesn't work. Do this. Well, well, one thing I think, I don't know if you all feel this, but there's that aspect of like two young kids in LA. There are times when you watch Michelle Monaghan and Downey Jr. Like they're acting way younger than they are actually as people. Like they're yeah. kind of like viewpoints and stuff you're like that. You're like, oh, these are leads should be like 10 years younger. But yeah. it's like, no one's going to fund that movie without yeah. that, without them. So I, I definitely, you, you could see those remnants of what you described still in the screenplay. Yeah. I'm also saying that it's also funny to picture, even at that time, and I know as good as it gets did well, but James L. Brooks's suggestion is think of an old actor <laughs> from an old person rom-com yeah. and a role that he hasn't done for 30 years. But also, like that's why that context is so interesting to me, because one, I, I'd like to briefly talk about where we when we first saw this, but like, because like I I know it's not, and I always picture it as a late '90s movie, like it, it, because it just, like there's just something like '99 in my brain, and I know that's not the case. And even when I watched, it, I was like, okay, no, it's just that a lot of time has passed. In 2005 is a billion years ago, yeah. but in my mind, I'm like, that's way too new, quote unquote. But I think if like if looking at those, like one, it makes sense that it was much lower than me and John guessed because. Not only are you competing with those movies, you're probably competing with those movies took up three to four screens each in some movie theaters. Like we're like Harry Potter would be like, oh, no, yeah. we're not on one screen. Like yeah. we have three screens and we only have four right. to go anyways. We're not going to give the fourth one to kiss, kiss, bang, bang. Like because we have another giant movie to put out like Hitch. Um, <laughs> but it is very... Because it's 2005, I was like, oh, right. That makes sense. I'm right in the middle of living in New York, being in a band. I think I was I was like in a snobby mode of like moving past Shane Black at that point a little bit. Like, because I think I was full into Giallo deep dive. Like, and especially like, look, it's just like, that's exactly the year where it's like, I'm going to be that version of Video Store Annoying. Like, all of my movies are about that. I'm not paying attention to anything in the movie theaters. Um, and so I think it just kind of lost. So I didn't watch it till probably I just kind of rented it eventually because I was like, oh, I like Shane Black enough. And it just never clicked. It just felt of the time, younger kind of. Uh, uh, and also that 2005 is prime time for me to really be tired of meta. And so I think I was shut down on the meta aspect of it. I mean, when did you guys see it or like, well, like in the theaters, I imagine <laughs> John Murray, do you want to go, do you want to go Frank or, uh, you can go first, John, you're our guest. Okay. Um, well, I saw it in the theater, like, as opposed to um, the Long Kiss Goodnight, they advertise this. If you watch the trailer, they're like from the creator of Lethal Weapon. 
I saw that trailer before. That's a know, bat pitch. signal for who, John Murray. <laughs> who, yeah, exactly. Who knows what else? But I was like, what? I was like, by this point, I knew who Shane Black was. And I was like, where did this guy go? Why isn't he making more movies? Like, what happened to him? So when I saw that trailer, I was like, I am there. I probably, I might have saw this opening day by myself, but I definitely <laughs> saw it by myself. And I went and I, I saw it very close to opening and I loved every minute of it because uh, I was like, this is the return to the movies I love, you know, while you're all hanging out with Argento and all his buddies. <laughs> I was wallowing, basking in the that the that the light was finally being shined on me in 2005. I came home and told my wife, and I was like, it was the best. It's like, oh, I wish I <laughs> the was, movies I was are like, back. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> We're on top again. Uh, so, yeah, that's me. That is me. I ran to the movie theater to see. Sure. Um, very like when the nice guys came out, I did the same thing. I ran to the movie theater to see it. And like I did with The Predator, where I ran and then I walked home slowly. <laughs> Crying to yourself. Frank, where did you watch it? My my story is very similar to John's. I um I was waiting for cinema to come back and I was like, any time now. <laughs> uh, no, but I had seen the That's previews. a new shirt we're gonna be putting up, by the way. <laughs> right. In relieu of our uh, take it down candy cannon logo shirt. <laughs> it's me with my glasses kind of down, <laughs> pointing at my wrist like it's a watch and being like, Any time now. And you press the button. There's a shirt. It has my record, my voice recording. You press the shirt, and then it makes that noise. We're gonna make oh, it like happen. the Frankenhooker VHS. Yeah, like the yes. Frank- exactly. Oh, yeah. exactly. Want a date? Yeah, that's the annoying part. Is when you press the button, it just says "Want a date." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're just gonna take old Frankenhooker uh, VHS boxes and replace it and put it in our shirts. It's gonna cost way too much for Frank to record <laughs> a new it. one. You'll get but, it. You'll um, get it. <laughs> I saw the preview and I was like, this looks really fun. Uh, I was a fan of all the actors and I, I love Shane Black. So I was like, uh, it was only playing at the Angelica in Dallas. So I had a, I was there's in an Angelica at, in Dallas. Yeah. There's an Angelica theater in Dallas. Does it have a theater. subway going under that one too? <laughs> uh, there's, there's a dart rail that's close oh, to perfect. it actually. That's so how it, the Angelica it, likes yeah, to do Yeah. They it. have to be near a train of some sort. So you're like, why is there a train in the devil's <laughs> backbone? Like, uh, but it was one of the very few places in the Dallas, the North Texas area where you could see like movies like that, like any indie releases or anything like that. We're going to that or can't remember the other one, but anyway, I went to the Angelica to see it, and I was blown away because at that point, I wasn't exposed to a lot of meta elements in my pop culture like we are now. And the whole device, the noir device, the comedy, which is dated now. It when looking back, yes, it's very Maxim magazine comedy, you know. Um, and then I, I just was blown away by the fact that you could break the structure of a movie. Because at that time we're we're getting into a lot of like garbage kind of uh, releases with comedy and with action, and it just felt refreshing to to kind of take the piss out of that structure and to kind of have Downey do his Downeyisms, which you'd been so long to get a Downey movie where he gets to be so charming and he gets to just be full Downey that you're like, wow, 
uh, water in a desert for me, <laughs> you know? And so I yeah, was, yeah, yeah. you were yeah. like, that, I just want to say like the same thing. Like you were like, this is the best thing this guy's yeah. done since like back to school. Like I, I, I know the guy did Chaplin and stuff in between, <laughs> yeah. but like Chaplin of, like, stinks. Him and back of, like, to school. Cha- uh, excuse me, but Chaplin didn't talk. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> When I did my research like on a- Chaplin. <laughs> uh, I think there's that, that thing where it's just like he didn't hadn't been in a movie where he was like, you like you remembered him, that like weird sardonic charm he had. Yeah. In you know, he was like Gothica or like uh, Ali McBeal in it. Like where you're just like, Man, I'm not getting this guy that like in weird science was like, oh, that guy's got yeah. something. It was charming. And that's. That was me. I, I think like a Hollywood agent, guys. I'm like, that guy's got something. He's got the Keep an eye on that So not kid. the singing detective. <laughs> no, he's like, oh, yeah, right. not the singing. Not Air America. Oh, yeah. man. As much as you now want now we're talking. As much as you want to bring Mel Gibson into this. Uh, <laughs> it's you know. requisite. Got to bring him. Have you? I realize I'm maybe never. No, I've watched Air America. I remember it not being as fun oh. of a romp as you think it's going to be. <laughs> Hey, man, you want to know why I watched Air America? Because they mentioned Air America and Lethal Weapon. And I was like, is this a weird, like, Lethal Weapon side thing? It was not. Wait, they talk about the concept of Air America in Lethal Weapon? They do. Uh, Yeah, when before Huntsacker dies. He's like, we would bring in the heroin Air America, the CIA. Tom Atkins was in Air America. (laughs) He does. He before... In no in 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 Michael Huntsack the Huntsacker the guy that gets killed Tom Atkinson yeah. he yes. talks about Air America yes. and Lethal Weapon. Can I just on a side note say that that might I'm realizing that might be the most egregious. Uh, and we talked about in Iron Man three how it sometimes is really shoved in, but in Lethal Weapon, Tom Atkins drinking eggnog out of a carton at his daughter's like funeral so is so. Much. so Christmas shoved in, like it's just like room full of eggnog. room full room of eggnog. Like He's like, fine. well, she died during the holidays. Of course, we've got to get <laughs> piles of eggnog. Just stinking up the room. <laughs> just, 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 uh, Roger, I'm so depressed. Also, these spices. That is going to put on so much weight. Dangerous situation. If one person hurls, then everybody gets a whiff, and that's a oh, oh it's a stand a by me uh, fucking pie contest situation, <laughs> but with eggnog, hundo percent, man. Um, man, I forgot about Air America and all that. Yeah, I, I, I do re- like. Here's the th- like, I, I'm going in with the caveat of recognizing that 2005. I was also like right in the middle of like I was on Vice. We were on tour all the time. Like I was snobby. Like I was like at my one of my snobbiest when it came to movies. I mean What's changed, Jeff? What's, one of my snobbiest. That's what I'm saying. I have not stopped being a fucking top snob. Five. Top five times it's I was like, of the year list. <laughs> yeah, I mean I definitely would need to do a Garlock fucking <laughs> top snobs of the decades. <laughs> now, Jeff, this is <laughs> yeah. where we can get our talking heads. Um practice in where we just like talk about uh your your famous uh your <laughs> being a snob so we can both be like the thing that people didn't know about jeff yeah. being a snob is that see what you gotta remember about me <laughs> is i was a fucking snob and then <laughs> boom cut and then you gotta remember jason Voorhees was not the killer in the first movie <laughs> Yeah, no shit. Uh, so, 
<laughs> Man, we really got it. That's our goal. 2023. Cannon Bros goal is to have at least one talking head guest spot on a documentary about some bullshit. And we try our best to say almost nothing. Like yeah. we try our best to get paid for saying the almost negative information. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite part the of those stuff. Most information possible. The thing about Cannon Was it a fun movie? It was out in the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> you know, most people don't realize Kiss Kiss Bang Bang starred Robert Downey Jr. Um, the junior. The junior. <laughs> Not junior. senior, junior. Um, so yeah, I, I, so I'll say with my snobbiness, I enjoyed it more than I ever have this time. I enjoyed watching it. I think because... Wow. I I've watched enough blacks this season, the reason for the season, and I figured out uh, the rhythms of it. I still got a little <laughs> irked with the meta. I still got a little irked with everyone being so fucking quippy. Like I think this is one where it kind of falls into the whole thing where it's like maybe Shane Black shouldn't have everyone make a joke all the time. Maybe it shouldn't be <laughs> Mr. Firepan and Mr. Hot or whatever the fuck those actors' names were. If you didn't realize, those two thugs. Mike Eichen. Those must two be- thugs. Mr. Firepan and Mr. Fire, I think. I thought it was, well, he... Oh, right. In, yeah, from but the he fire. said he wanted to be mustard, but he didn't go along with the, the joke was... Right? Because he said he was mustard. Oh. He, he's like, here, here's us. Mike Eichen yeah, Mike. mustard. And then, like, they, they switched yeah. analogies. So there, there, I mean, these are a little, little creaky. <laughs> little creaky in their blackisms. <laughs> I don't know. Frank and I were there opening day. We seem to be <laughs> moving right along with it. I know. And, I mean, look, there are a lot of people. And it's very fun to see, like, who shows up in it. Uh, I forgot that, what's her name? Show Shanyan Sasaman. Oh yeah, Shannon Sauce was an actress at that time. <laughs> Wait, hold on. <laughs> you, <laughs> I was gonna call her Shoshana. <laughs> uh, you're, <laughs> you were oh, please. You can't even say her name. Who are you, please? Shannon Sassaman. Shannon Sassaman. Yeah. Yeah. Her, her, Shannon Sassaman. Speaking, speaking of being an uncle, you're like, who is that? <laughs> Shannon Saucy Saucy Mom. <laughs> I like that saucy with the Cheryl pink wig. Cheryl saucy woman. What part she did was she play? Which pink hair which one girl? Wo- yeah, the double. Oh yes, yes. She's oh, in she Iron Man three as well. Interesting. Yes, she's the the woman that he fights in the town. I don't oh, think no, I realized she became a musician too. Yeah, she was she's on like a, the War Paint records. Yeah, it's her and a couple other actresses huh. too. I think. She's, I mean, she's so of the, it's just like, I think that's, it, she's very of the time. Like, I yeah. just like, man, there was a period where she was just everywhere. And I was like, surprise, Delia's catalogs weren't still trucking <laughs> at that point. Rules and of that attraction. she wasn't like, rules of attraction. Is that with, uh, that's and with, right. uh, uh, oh, fuck, what's his the name? Beak? From- yes. V- Vanderbeek. Part two. <laughs> my old, my old high school friend. Yep. Um, <laughs> but, uh, 
Yeah, you grew I up mean in Dawson's Creek, John. You didn't know that. Uh, yeah, did you not realize? <laughs> oh, okay. okay. <laughs> didn't know that. Didn't know that your life was as political. Just off the to the side, arms know. folded, just talking about how much the music at this prom sucks. Look, I mean, Paula Cole well, did hang out with Peter Gabriel so for a while, so you're not that far off in being the soundtrack to my life. Um, I will say to I, I think. I was glad to see all the other Shane Blacks to recognize how his labyrinthian plots, because I didn't know what was going on in the plot half the time in this fucking movie. <laughs> I did worry about you while rewatching this, Jeff, being like, is Jeff going to be It's amazing how terrible I am with keeping up with fucking <laughs> plots sometimes. I was just like... I was like, there's there's three women. I, I honestly, I was like, Jeff, there's three women. That's all you need to remember, and you're going to be okay as the rest of the story goes on. Uh, and I was just like, I don't know. We're I don't. You're going to be like, you're going to have to guide women, me through Jeff. it. There was the sister. There was where there was the the actress you like from uh, the the mid aughts, and then there is the daughter. Two of them, all right. three of them, died at the end, and one of them had nothing to do with the case that they were trying to solve. One of them just committed suicide. That would so be Michelle, Michelle Monaghan. Monaghan. Is it Monaghan or Monaghan? I thought it was Frank, Monaghan, we'll but you. I, I could I'm, the agent I could were all well be wrong and probably <laughs> we, you know. <laughs> She's the one I always confuse with the woman from Father of the Bride. Uh, like, I feel like they look... Oh, isn't that uh, Gabrielle Anwar? That's oh, that the woman? Oh, no, <laughs> that's... <laughs> We are three old <laughs> idiots. Don't know anything. <laughs> Falling down the steps oh, yeah. of who's and what today. Holy so smoke. Just to clear up, yeah, for me, plot-wise. All right, so th- we got Michelle. Mm. She is the the love interest yep. of Robert Downey. She is a big yes. fan of these Raymond Chandler slash Parker novels. Johnny Gossamer. Johnny <laughs> yes. She read them all. She wanted to escape to Hollywood because she read these and because also cat out of shade black hat. <laughs> can I, can we speed? I, I I know I'm the only the guest, Jeff, but we got to speed this up, man. We can't, because this I've will got, turn I into a holiday. I need to know, though, the for plot me. Can I, can I? <laughs> Give it to me. I'll, I'll sum it up for you, okay? Yes. Michelle Monaghan hires, okay, Val Kilmer, to find her missing sister. Twin sister. left back in Indiana, who was being abused. Oh. Uh, yeah. uh, no, younger. Younger sister. Younger. Okay? To, who was being abused by her father. And she left home, and she was somewhere in L.A. Okay? Meanwhile, Corbin Bernstein. Who? Uh, famed Corbin Bernstein of L.A. Law and direct-to-video bad who? guy of the, of the decade. Bernstein. Bernstein, right? Bernstein, God, Bernstein. all of us. Like, Corbin Bernstein. Okay. Not Bernstein. All right. Bernstein. Anyway. It's a, hey, that's a Mandela uh, like, effect, like okay? I remember it as Bernstein, too. Okay. Oh, my God. Bernstein Bear Thank over you, here. Thank you. <laughs> right. yes. Corbin, Corbin Bernstein. All right, so he's the bad guy. He's got a daughter that he... Um, wants to get money from and he like can't because the mother died and the money's going to go to her but he wants the wealth so i guess like he puts her in an institution to try to like say that she's mentally unfit to get the money then okay uh they get an imposter all right they kill off the daughter they get an imposter okay who is the woman with the pink hair all right she fills in okay to be the imposter so that he can get the money all right both those women i'd love to know what happened to the sister did she there was they 
They got suspicious that the sister was the imposter, that she got involved with Corbin Burnson. But guess what? She didn't. She came to L.A., found Corbin Burnson making out with the pink-haired lady, thought it was her legitimate because daughter. Because Michelle was had so told her that he that was because, her because yeah. he was in a Johnny yes. Gossamer movie? Yeah. Great. Okay, and then she was so depressed that she killed herself. So right. that's what happened. Yep. So they end up that no one solves a case in the end, right? Really? They they solve it when they get to the mental institution. That's when they really solve it. And that's when it turns more right. from a mystery into an action film. It's like really where... If you notice, Jeff, that's where they stop looking I kinda for clues. I kind of did it. I was chasing. like, wait, they're at a mental institution? I was really starting to lose track of what was going on with this fucking movie. Because everyone was quipping at each other too much. And I couldn't keep up with the repertoire of gay Johnny. <laughs> gay Perry, I mean. I hope I hope you never I hope you never get stuck in a real mystery because you're gonna be like hey cl- slow down the quips. <laughs> That's my biggest All right, mysteries are. This. I mean, but also you never need to tell anyone to slow down the quips as much as Shade Black. I mean, it is fucking quip fest 2005. You don't think that's a magician's movie. move of look over here while I do this, so all the clues are in front of you, but you're too busy focusing on the quips. I think sometimes it is, and I think sometimes <laughs> it's like when a magician is just like, you're like, can we, like a Garlock story about the plot, can we speed this up here? Because we need to get the fucking rabbit out of the hat here. <laughs> I have a cradle of filth album to listen to, cha-cha. Cha-cha. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Come on, baby. So, okay. It basically makes sense. <laughs> And there's a whole idea that in Johnny Gossamer novels, there's two cases and they always intertwine. So that's what they're kind of going with. Yeah. That's yes. every noir. That's uh, every noir yeah. story. You see, I, what I, I like about this movie, I know it is it is meta, but what I like about it is I think it takes the piss out of noir stories a lot. Like it, like you're saying that Nicholson character is the lead. I always think it's just like... like Downey's character is like, what happens if a neurotic is like, you're kind of solving the case. I think the, I was thinking about it too, what other movie does a good job about that oh, yeah. is like Lebowski. It's like, you know, and the Coens really know the tropes as well. So they were mm-hmm. like, let's put a stoner in there and see what happens. And I think that that's what I kind of like about this film is that <clears throat> Shane Black knows the trope so well that he's like, let's, let's put like someone who can't handle it. In, in it and you know partner up with someone who kind of like can but right. despises him and doesn't want to help they definitely him, you know? he definitely does i mean again shane black does just have his things that he never is not doing like it's always going to be tough guy who isn't tough like the whole downy speech of like i'm gonna kick your ass when he yeah. like you know runs and then yeah. gets his ass kicked like it is just such a shame but which i love it even goes deeper in the sense of like uh, the freeway where the end shootout happens is like the same freeway where Mel Gibson chases Mr. Joshua and where they jump over it. Like, Little I'm just Easter like, there's eggs. like these weird, like we talked about in Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Like, yeah, Easter eggs are like almost uh, like what? Red Apple. Brand Apple of cigarettes Jack, Tarantino. Yeah. Like I brought up that example. It's like these weird, yeah, kind of like, oh, kind of by the recurring way, speaking things. of at in the theater, I like nearly clapped my ass off just being like, this is brilliant. Cause when the, that scene, where the bullet goes through the novel because it's taking the trope. Like at that point, I hadn't seen that trope turned on its head where it's always, you know, the thing stopped it. Isn't that great? And it's like, no, it went right through. It was such a funny turn of the trope at that time to me. That whole end on the coffin down, like I, when I first saw it, I was blown away by it because I was like, wow, 
not that I wasn't enjoying the movie, but I was like, oh, this is a Shane Black movie. There's not, hasn't been a big action set piece, you know? And that end part is just so over the top and so great in a lot of ways um, that when he hits the car and he says no, I was just like, I was like yeah. in it in the theater. I was like, holy crap. Uh, I think that end when I first saw that was, was so great. Um, and it's like reminds me of the end of The Nice Guys when Gosling's chasing the the role of film it's like that same he like always does one great set piece where it's like crashing through stuff like tripping over stuff and 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 going from there um so i, I just I, I was really blown right. away by that now <laughs> sure. i watch it i'm like oh i know what's gonna happen but first time i was like generally surprised. yeah it's <laughs> i i try i mean like i also am realizing with wedding crashers being out <laughs> I had chosen what? Vince Vaughn as being more enjoyable with the quippiness than Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And I mean, I might still stand behind that. Like, I don't yeah. love Robert Downey Jr. Like, Oh, boy. That's then that's going to be... A, this movie is going to be an uphill climb for your friend. Yeah, if you don't it like is. Downey, then... <laughs> it's not yeah. that I don't like him, but I'm not as... Uh, uh, I wasn't looking for the, the comeback when it happened. It sounds like both of you were. Like a little I don't bit, think you I was like looking for a comeback. For I just was like, well, I like that fresh, guy yeah. from... I, two actors from the 80s who I was like, man, I love Val Kilmer. I, I like yeah. Robert Downey Jr. I love Val Kilmer in this. I think Val <laughs> Kilmer's great. Uh, it's like reminding of weirdly... I was like, oh yeah, he's real funny when he's funny. Like he's yeah. good in... It, it like, it's like an older real genius <laughs> character. Uh, top Secret... I mean, and Tom yeah. but I truly love him in Real Genius a lot. Yeah, um, that got you know watched a lot as a child, um, uh, and it kind of has the same like <coughs> smartass quality as yeah. Gay Perry has in this. Um, and I love Larry Miller. <laughs> I love Larry, Mi- Larry Miller for his time in the movie is very effective. <laughs> yeah, he's very good. I really like uh, Corbin Bernstein. <laughs> you know, according to the uncle, <laughs> but I mean, he's really great. Uh, I mean, the uh, the all the parts are there, and again, I was enjoying it more. But I do want. I'm. I'm. It's still like kind of going through. Like, why does this one not click as much for me as well, it I does think for, for me? YouTube. It's like I said, and when we did Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, I have a friend who. He's a big noir reader as well. And he just like, he doesn't like this movie because he feels like the homages are too on the nose. Like he feels like we all know the narration is meant to be like Marlowe-esque or Mike Hammer-esque and that he's just doing it badly, you know? And the title and just kind of like some of the, 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 inter- the fact that it's two cases intersecting, all of it just feels too straight pulled from the books doesn't feel like kind of buried you know like you yeah. look at lethal weapon and you don't think of it as a noir film you think of it as an action film but it really is a noir film because they're the first one especially they're solving a mystery they're right. solving they got a body and they got to go from there you know uh the action everything else instead of it just being like uh, like a getting punched out or something while investigating it everything's an explosion and like a, a you know five gun shootout you know so with this one i i could see maybe that's something you don't like about it also as a writer yourself, Jeff, it's very cute with what it does throughout the movie. Right. Um, I enjoy it because, like I said, I think he's having fun. But there are crazy things to notice. Like when he kills the spider on Michelle Monaghan's chest and then looks for the spider, he looks along the edge of the bed. 
Then he finds the body and then Perry's like, go find the gun. He goes back to the same area where he was looking for the spider to find the gun. There's like all these kind of uh, showing things that like become important in a couple of scenes later. Right. Even to the point where he's like, well, we solved the case. And then Michelle Monaghan and Downey Jr. are basically like, yeah, but it's weird. Usually someone gets tortured and there's a big thing at the end. Right. And then what do we see later in the movie? And I think that. If you don't, if you aren't in the mood for that, like kind of like fun, woo, like I'm, I'm, sh- I'm doing, I'm showing you this, and then this is happening, like I think you're gonna be like, this movie's annoying, yes, because it's just like stop being so cute. I think that I mean the cuteness, I think, is the part of it. It's like I, he, like Frank has had to deal with this for years. Like I just like my 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 low level threshold for cuteness, and again, just like any like meta, like I've as I've gotten older, I've been able to relax. But I do think Scream really did a fucking number on me. Like, when that came out, where I was just like, fuck this. Like, I just, like, do... Meanwhile, you were like, New Nightmare, this I'm fine with. Keep doing it. Didn't like New Nightmare. Like, that's fucking frustrated me as well. Like, I think I get in this mode, and it's like, that's the, 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 the pain in the ass of me. But, like, where it's like, I want the genre to be the genre and not comment on the genre is definitely how i felt around then and so then it also it's if you if you're i think if you're in that mindset knowing that it would still be part of noir novels and i also think at the time like i was more well versed in probably noir films but not in pulp novels so uh but it just feels like you know it's like yeah you're drawn from something it's like uh uh, uh, the the moments when you're like I know it's it's the that kind of like being left out feeling I'm sure like if you're watching like even like Halloween ends like I know we keep talking but it's just like where it's like God there's just so many Easter eggs like feels like they're referencing something and I don't know what they're talking about and that could be annoying depending on if you know the genre. Well, or Frank, not. I, I have I have a reference in there that I'm always kind of like what's going on there and maybe you all would notice it. Do you notice at the end when after they go to the father's house, Kilmer watches TV and they show the Gennaro Bear commercial. Yeah. And there's a different woman in it. Right. And I'm always like, who is that woman supposed to be? And here's my thought that I, and maybe you guys can correct me. It's the woman at the bar that she said will never get the job because she's too old. Uh, she was the one who said, who told uh, Michelle Monaghan, like, if this is your boyfriend, he tried to hit on me uh in the bathroom oh it was her yeah that was yes. her oh that's who it was yeah. okay gotcha i'm but i'm still like why, why? just to kind of show like again like it just younger i don't know i i thought it was a comment on like the industry because all the industry stuff feels like very uh, maybe this is it jeff too of like a little too on the nose yeah of being like yes this industry sucks but it it is pretty those this is truly a case of like the stereotypes about the industry exist because it's still fucking happening, <laughs> like that kind of like thing. the Colin Farrell section's very funny, like to me, just True. like the just the fact that he's just like yeah. you weren't ever gonna get it. That's just how yeah. it works, like and that is like the it's a nice true moment, um, uh, in this movie, uh, in it being super kind of quippy. Yeah, I'm with you. John. The end thing, I didn't. I was like, what? Why am I? I'm like feeling extra dumb. There's a point in that where I'm like. I'm like, is Harmony a dream? Like, there's a point where I'm like, did did, did like Harry make all of this up? And you know, uh, 
and that like and that we're like it was, some of somebody wasn't really there but i'm just like looking into it it's like there's gotta be it's a reference to at least like frank said either that woman or the woman earlier in the film something in that extent yeah. of that and also i think in just the fact that it's constantly moving on in hollywood it doesn't matter right that you get that thing it's on to the next thing even though you've gone through this crazy life-changing thing that just might be the message which is uh, we've realized it's like a shane black thing and kind of it's like we've got to do like a canon thing it's like he's got these themes that are both strong in the movie and also don't matter at the same time like and it almost feels like a little bit you're like not sure if he's getting it right when they like they hit it hard like in uh like that like gay perry speech um or especially in like last boy scout when you're like wait this whole thing was about your problems with the nfl <laughs> like, <laughs> was that it or are you, the integrity it, Jeff. Yeah. or is it again that you're upset that you were went through a bad relationship and all of your anger is getting focused on little calm a little calm hey, B, exactly you know, we're not um, tell here no, and I do like that. I I think like I was realizing watching it that uh, the quippiness, the whole element that Michelle's like father like sexually assaulted her as a main plot device, like feels maybe too light with with yeah, all dude, the quippiness stuff. So when it keeps coming that, back, that's... it's like ugh. Why, why, and I get that we're getting to, yes, that's why my sister killed herself because she thought that, oh God, Corbin Bernstein (laughs) is fucking another (laughs) daughter sort of thing. Like, and there's a little bit like, okay, well, maybe we could have just gotten there in a different way because with all of the quippiness, it makes it feel too light. Uh, And Correct me if, if maybe I just wasn't like seeing it the same way, but like Robert Downey's character being like, I'm one of the good ones. Like sort it's of still things. being misogynistic, no. yeah, by saying like that yeah. the, they shook out middle America or uh, the East Coast. Yeah. And all that's the good where, ones hung on everybody every woman is damaged in LA and Right. Yeah. So so brutal. I mean, that's the part, Jeff, when you were like, it seems like an older movie than two thousand five. It's sensibility. Yeah. Yeah about homosexuality yeah. Oh, yeah. and and women and misogyny and all that stuff like that is really which is also like why dated. it feels nice guys to me in the way that you're like when you watch nice guys you're like why are you making this movie now like in a good way <laughs> with nice guys it works out better but like in this case i think because also re- like that one weird sentence i mentioned in wikipedia where it's like he failed with last boy scout and then the academy was like get out of here <laughs> you stink <laughs> And realizing that, all right, so The Last Boy Scout was also this kind of, like, midsummer style. Like, ooh, I don't know if a lot of these plot things are sticking with me, right? Because I can feel your begrudgingness against your ex. So then Downey's <laughs> speeches start to feel like, see, yeah. though? <laughs> like, I'm not that bad. Yeah. I'm one of the good ones. You're like, is it? And that's and again. I think us talking about Iron Man three, where we're like, who's doing the quip? Is it Downey or is it Black writing it? That starts to feel like, wait, are you writing for Downey or are you just being shade Black for a couple seconds? What were you gonna say, Frank? Well, with again, kind of with nice guys covering up uh, a naked body out of respect to show yes. that he's a good guy. Yeah. He's a good guy, but again, that is his have his cake and eat it too. I know. I'm a good well, there's guy. There's a lot of that in this movie, especially <laughs> with Gay Perry. 
where you're like, oh, you just wanted to make these slurs and comments and these jokes, but it's okay because you're showing a gay man in a very... Who's uh, played by a, a straight track man. It's the worst yes. kind of a- so it's allyship like, ever. It's the worst yeah. allying. Like, it just falls down the stairs brutally. It's, it's equal to or what's that above of like, I've got gay friends. So. Right. It's fine. We joke like this. I call him the F word all the time. And he yes. thinks it's funny. See, it's okay for me to do yeah. this. Yeah. My gay, my one gay friend doesn't mind when I call him the F word. <laughs> You're like, okay, yeah. buddy. Um, yeah, it feels uh, exhausting. Like, and and it's frustrating because I like Val Kilmer so much uh, in this. Like, he's very charming. And like, yeah. it, and I'm in a, you know, I just rewatched Tombstone, so I'm definitely at a oh, Val Kilmer yes. side. Yeah, you're, you're in a Kilmer man. Woo. He is like killing it in that. My, I'm, I'm gonna be your Huckleberry. <laughs> He's just outrageously good. It really is. Did you watch that documentary? Did y'all watch that documentary, the Val documentary? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right away. Yeah. So good. It's, uh, yeah. It was great. It's really it was great. Um, that that was hard for me to watch watch again was like the the dated sensibility of that especially with the stuff related to perry i was just like this is just like frank said an excuse it's not you know and i think if you made that made it now you'd have someone from that community and it would be like you could just get as good jokes without having to go down those like obvious roads right right yeah so and it also did uh do anything for the plot or for like the character just like really it doesn't like yeah the character can still have the same dialogue minus the homophobic jokes and still be as effective so it doesn't really that's the thing that people accuse on the right say performative wokeism but this is the actual case of it (laughs) like being like oh yeah yeah, it's performative because you're trying to say something but yet you're you really feel this way it it reeks of in a different way of uh, you know, just like what we kind of talked about with Last Boy Scout of like, you've got all these giant egos, but there's no one there that's just like, you know, guys, <laughs> I don't know if we're handling this like exactly right. And it's I different mean, it's than canon. Though. Like, you got to remember I, what 2005 was like. We were all homophobic. Then. No, but it really was. <laughs> no, I, mean, we're I know. I know. About the era of in a Judd Apatow right. movie. A liberal left-leaning Judd Apatow that has a running joke of, you know how I know you're gay? Like, it's so lazy, lazy, lazy bit They're still making those jokes at that time. Also, once again, both the films you've mentioned with The Last Boy Scout and this is the the man who's putting the money down is Joel Silver. That's why we include him in that list. (laughs) Of egos. Joel Silver is never going to sit... Sit there and be like, hey, uh, let's let's be a little more sensitive (laughs) here. You know, that's not... That's not Joel Silver's brain. I think butter. I was just th- I, I was, was at thinking the of it the other day, and I learned a lesson. <laughs> I think I was just thinking of it in terms of it's like same problem, different side of the coin of like canon versus like these giant big Hollywood movies, where it's like no one's paying attention to canon. So like when they're doing like some weird fucked up shit, you're just like, okay, that was canon. But then it's like, no, everyone's paying attention to this thing, like money wise. And it still is getting through like it's not uh, 
in, in some ways I'm like thinking of it now just in terms of like defending my beloved genre and exploitation films and like lower budget films where like it's like it, yeah I I agree like the at the time 88 etc like everyone's a monster <laughs> well but it just reeks a little even weirdly for 2005 it reeks of a 99 version yeah. of that but to I, me. I think frank's got a valid point though i think frank's got a valid point in the fact of like we thought we were all better sure. than we were gay marriage wasn't even legal yet no yeah and it was still we all thought we were like figured it, it, out it also think about this jeff like if nobody's gonna say something say if you're um you know you're queer and you work in the industry and you've been assigned to this movie or you're working on this movie and it's got it's a low budget, but it's still your opportunity to work on more movies. You're not exactly going to step up and say, uh, "Excuse me, uh, maybe you're sure. to Shane Black, one of the highest paid screenwriters of all time, Joel Silver, the biggest producer who could ruin you in a second. Yes, there's nobody speaking up to them. There is nobody, and I guarantee they're they're on set listening to this shit and being like, I I just need this next job." I'm going to get through this. I'm going to get to this next job. I guarantee that's why they're just letting them have carte blanche and nobody's uh, holding them accountable for any of that. Because it's like, this is my situation. It's 2005. I can't get married. And I agree. (laughs) But we do agree. Like, I feel like even at the time we had a bit of being like, "Eh." like, I mean, like, I don't think it's revisions that even with 40 year old virgin. I remember thinking, like, I don't know if it's the best section. Same oh, with yeah. Wedding Crashers, where it's like, I do think Vince Vaughn's really fucking funny in that fucking movie, but him with this, the brother is like, even at the time, you're like, it doesn't feel it. This is where the frat part of the pack oh, comes yeah. in. I mean, and I think even that is the awareness that in, there was starting to be the awareness in that time of like even calling it the frat pack. Like right. of like, well, this is not just yeah. the brat pack. This is not children. This is adults who are being like bros. Basically. Well, in the public sphere, in in like the entertainment, like in like um, the uh, how, sorry, I'm working on very little sleep today. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but in like the entertainment, Corbin Bernstein, like the blogs, <laughs> blogosphere. You know what I mean? Like it, it that stuff is brought up, being like this is homophobic and this is so that that's more vocal. But sure. within the industry, you don't have what you have now where you have advocates. And I feel like if you did, it was very minimal and then also probably dismissed whenever those concerns were brought up. I mean, at this time, you've also got a world of it's like in the world I was in of like vice do's and don'ts that <laughs> right. were like half of them were just like, yeah. look at this F word, <laughs> like dressing like a, yeah. this or like you're like. I don't know if that one was a joke now that we've seen what has become of at least the main guy who wrote those. Mm -hmm. Um, But, and again, this is, it it isn't, I'm I'm not trying to like state this kind of structure in a, like, I know no one's going to say anything to him just like in the other way. Like no one could step up in last boy scout to be like, guys, I don't know if this stuff isn't working <laughs> and not in a political way, yeah, but like, kind of a depressing it's a little movie. depressing. Yeah. Kind of depressing. Like, you know, no PA is going to be like, are we supposed to be having fun? <laughs> um, Bruce hasn't smiled the entire shoot. Like what's going on? But I guys? do think there's something interesting. I don't know. There's something interesting in, in, 
I guess even going off of what you said, Frank and, and John, that it's like it's like a liberal version of homophobia has been what's been embraced at that point. Yeah. So weirdly, Shane Black's version feels out of date in 2005 because we've also started to get closer to where time moves quicker or like social kind of uh, uh, viewpoints move a little bit quicker where you'll be like, yeah, that was early 2005, now late 2005. <laughs> like we start to get into where we're at now where it's like, dude, that was two months ago. We've changed everything. <laughs> like, um, uh, And so that's, the, I think maybe that's still the thing. It's like, I don't expect anyone would have stepped up. But I think Shane Black is also, we've talked about, he's the guy who, as far as we can tell, has always been in the Hollywood bubble. Like he was like just yeah. like given the keys right at the beginning. Yeah, he was one and, of the lucky ones who immediately yeah. took off. Yeah, and maybe doesn't understand. He's got a because again, he's uh, we've all this time he's still one of the enigmas. Like it feels like no one writes about Shane Black really. Like you know, I'm reading Quentin Tarantino's book and I'm like, they're probably never going to get into Shane Black here, are you? <laughs> like you're giving me all this background on like all these other directors. Uh, uh. But he's just like in this impervious bubble that in a, you know, you, you're at that level and you're also, you're like Metallica or Dave Chappelle, where it's like, who's going to really tell you what's going on? <laughs> like every decision you make True. is surprising. <laughs> like, you know, and, and you just have to kind of just keep on rolling. But watching it now, it was just more that plot stuff. Just I was just like, oh, right. Yeah. Like this is. I keep because I think I kept forgetting it was a plot thing, the the molestation plot, until it would come back, and then you're like, oh, that's a lot less fun than some other <laughs> Shane Black movies. Yeah, uh, to me, I mean, it kind of comes from the genre of the of books he's pulling from, but it it is gets kind of tossed around, and like we said. Downey's monologue in the Christmas party doesn't help things because he's even kind of he kind of shrugs it off and you're like no pretty positive abuse of any kind affects people and gives them trauma I think we should kind of not just be like that's your problem stop bugging me about it you know it's like let's open up our hearts a little bit action movie or no action movie let's just try to be understanding so I think that 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 kind of hurts it um in in a sense like I, I definitely. I see it as a plot device from from the from the literature, but I don't really need that monologue. That personal ideology stuck in there doesn't. Yeah, doesn't I just say, I think it's the the amount of quipping around it that is just like it's it starts to be yeah, like the Mike what Detective podcast, like where it's just like nonstop film noir jokes, like every line, uh, or if or it's like almost like if you're like watching police squad and there'd be like a molestation <laughs> plot and you're like okay i don't know if we're gonna be able to translate this one drebin <laughs> didn't know i was really surprised how frank handled that one <laughs> jesus I mean, christ nice beaver is what he said <laughs> i was like all right that kind yeah, of exactly. the situation a little bit <laughs> uh, this also exactly i think movie suffers from shane black's ability to write for women dialogue for women Mm-hmm. Like case in point, like the um, Rudolph racism thing, that feels very much like oh, this is probably from his stand-up. When we first see Michelle Monaghan's character as an adult, uh-huh. as being like he probably tried like he was like I'm gonna go on stage one night 
and do this joke, <laughs> this Christmas joke. Yes. And he's like, no, I'll just give it to Michelle. It'll make her seem like a a, a, a chick who can hang. That's it's it's exactly. So that's I've realized is also maybe an issue I had when I first watched is like he it is how he writes females often. It's what you said there, yes. Fred, where it's like he's writing <laughs> the Jenny McCarthy chick who can hang and will fart as well sort of doubt like the way he has to write michelle's character is she grew up escaping with a man's literature quote unquote you know what i mean so it's like it's like he writes a woman yeah his dream woman is someone who just sounds like shane black (laughs) (laughs) writing film noir dialogue i love the female version of me Nancy Black comes in. <laughs> um, yeah. And so, yeah. <laughs> Interior, daytime. Nancy Black walks in. She comes in and makes a ton of quips. I fall in love instantly. She's drinking a beer, talking about football, farting, and making quips. Yeah. Talking about the integrity of football. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> and so, yeah, it's... Uh, I will say, too, though, is there a... But there's the nephew. Oh, sorry. What are you going to say? Please. Uh, can I just hop in really quick? Michelle Michelle yeah. Monaghan yeah, is great is. in that movie, though. She she transcends that material. Um, my wife watched it with me, and she was like, God, she's so good in this movie. Like, I, like not, she's been in amazing stuff. She, uh, Gone Baby Gone, uh, True Detective, right. um, uh, Due Date. Uh, <laughs> Love anyway, but she's date. been in other things. Uh Dude, that's eight. where comedy all came uh, together. But nonetheless, he's finally. <laughs> that's where, yeah, that's where it finally clicked. Uh, no, she's in Mission Impossible as well. I mean, she's been in great stuff, but there's something about her in this that, like, this was, I think, not her first, one of the things that really, like, put her on the map. And, like, there's a reason because she's, like, just, like, physically and, like, just performatively, like, stunning. Yeah. She's really charming and makes, like, this character that you're kind of saying is underwritten. I think she makes yes. it work. Agreed. You know, uh, in a lot of ways, she like especially the scene where she saves Kilmer's character. I think like she, that like is one of that and a few other scenes are really like make it stand out and make her character have like a backbone and she like really delivers on that. Uh, so that's my, my that's my two cents about her in that. I always after that movie kept an eye out for her because I thought yeah. she was so great in that film. And you're excited what she, she did up in Mission Impossible. That was like, man. And then when she came back in the last one, and I was like, oh, her and this, Ethan, this is what we wanted. Okay. This is what we're waiting for. Is she going to be in Dead Reckoning? Am I going <laughs> to see God, her again? We all hope so. <laughs> but I've, I've fallen in love with the other woman, the spy woman. I love her now, too. Was it Rebecca Ferguson? I love her. I don't know who to go with. Yeah, that's me. Every Mission Impossible. I, I love movie those. We talked about yeah. this. Jeff and I love both em. love those movies. It's just like, don't yeah. know what's going on in any of them. Love them. No, I can't remember which one is which, and I can't. <laughs> nope. As soon as it's over, being like, wait, wasn't that the one from three? And then, yeah. But I love them. You can't get this guy. You didn't get this guy out for Top Gun Maverick. But I'm watching the previews for Dead Reckoning. Turn him away, being like, yeah, I'm probably gonna have to. Yeah, oh, yeah. exactly. In the 40x. <laughs> see that one. IMAX or whatever the fuck. <laughs> exactly. I was like, I don't care about nostalgia. Him jumping off a new stuff. I'm all there Kill for yourself. That. You can do this. <laughs> I realize the quippiness stuff too. Like it's a little starts. Watching it this time, I was like, it's a little chicken or the egg sort of thing where it's like there felt like there were lines that 
end like they could have ended up on that like famous like workaholics writers board <laughs> right you know yeah. of just like don't yes. overuse these slides like kind of like not too far off of like well that happened like sort right. of lines um as in and i think like when val at one point goes i don't know what the fuck you're talking about like for was clicking out where i was like oh they can't help themselves from being quippy um the the one that stood out for me jeff that fits on that is when Downey's doing the voiceover and he's like uh stop picking at that it'll just make it worse or like it'll just get worse you know like yes. that, that whole yes being like okay yeah okay all right yeah <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> okay, Ben. All right, we get it. All right. In, in other news. Uh, I mean, I loved punk rock Steven Seagal. Uh, I loved yeah. that. That, that, that they, bit's they great. That's a great those bit. those parts because they had, like, placeholders in the script. And then Downey and um, Michelle just, like, Michelle, because I'm on first-name basis. Sure, um, of course. They were look. <laughs> they, they just caught the extras, and they were kind of making comments about the extras. Yeah, it. That's I mean, it worked. It's it's what I do with my wife when we're just hanging around, <laughs> looking at people. Yo, do you? I got a good story that's like not movie based, but I'll tell you. I was working a job with a guy. We were catering, and we were in a van. And you know how you do that? We were like walking people. Walk. We were we were parked on a, and there was a crosswalk. People going by. My friend was like, "Oh, there's there's like somebody there's like Steven Seagal, <laughs> and it was some guy with a ponytail." And then he's like, "Oh, and there's Christian Slater," and he's like. Wait a second. Holy shit, that is Christian Slater. Sure enough, there's Christian Slater walking in front of the car with was his Was he wearing a Cuffs crew jacket? I was like, that yeah. crazy. He totally was wearing a Cuffs crew jacket. I thought that was strange. I, uh, I, uh, and he had the noticed, Hawaiian shirt on I, uh, from True Romance. That you're uh, talking about me. Uh. <laughs> he came up, I, I was like, oh, hi, Christian. I have an interview to go do with a vampire. You see that guy that looked like Steven Seagal? <laughs> all of this exactly the same really just on like a busy new york street with a ton of people crossing he just took the time and was like oh, that guy's a celebrity what a kind of i mean guy. i do truly hope that he was looking ahead thinking god that guy looks like steve <laughs> that would be a fucking dream for me <laughs> yes. maybe he was thinking that i don't know he seemed busy. He seemed like he was telling his assistant. Oh, yeah. Or okay. whatever. He, was, he was on the run. He was on, I think he was on, on Broadway at that time, maybe in a production in the production right. of Sideman. I uh, don't know. I wrote to myself, and this goes in the workaholics list. Uh, I wrote lots of, no, this thing. Just kidding, you idiot. Of course it's not that right, style right. jokes. It just, again, like just after a while. It makes it, I think, again, the quippiness makes it off-putting when, and I'm not going to say the word, but I call it my F-gun because it's only good for a couple shots and you have to drop it for something better. Like using, like, homophobic slur joke, and you're like, not a good, yes. not even a good joke. So you're, like, in a have your cake and eat it, too, for a the not bad worthwhile cop, bad joke. joke. Yeah. yeah. Like, there's a lot of where you're like, it's not even worth it. like and i don't know it's not like i'm gonna sit here and like workshop the worth it joke it's probably none of them are but you're just like it's a little bit like it's what you i just think it could have been it didn't necessarily need to be there it did the different purpose and uh yeah it just ends up being like more of like oh like jarring when it happens uh yeah (laughs) true uh yeah 
I agree. I, this time around, I was yes. like, ooh, that's, a, that's bumpy. I was like, let's get back to the <laughs> yeah. just bickering. Let's stop using... <laughs> Let's stop using yes. the, the F word, please. It's making uh, me uncomfortable. I grab your, I grab your tit. So, it's a fucking. I do biggie. like when, like that was again, like oh, have your cake whole, and eat yeah. it too. Speech. Once again, also that's like, also like watching these like people pushing fifty having this argument <laughs> with each other is a little not like, young and in oh, love. No, <laughs> seems like uh, it's never appropriate at any time. But it seems like younger people would have these kind of like don't touch yes. me there kind of conversations. Uh, you know, it's like, that's kind of like, at that point, you'd be like, I'm yeah. calling the police <laughs> instead of being like, hey, buddy, don't elbow me there. You know? Oh, okay. So it's like, we're 23. I, uh, how, how do we feel about the peeing on the body seat? Does it work or does it not? <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty funny. Uh, it made me laugh. I think it's it's ludicrous and unbelievable, but it's definitely it's, yeah. it's pretty funny. If you find a dead body in your your shower and you're kind of stunned, you kind of turn. Like I could see that. Sure. Being like you're not paying attention to what you were doing because there's a literal dead body right there in front of you. Yes. It keeps going. This is the one point where I was like, "Whoa, he must have had a lot to drink because it's a steady stream right. for a long time." At a certain time. point, you realize you're pissing on a corpse. So, <laughs> yeah. zip it up, guy. Yeah, exactly. Zip it up, hey guy. Move it back. There's things you can do. Exactly. Peeing like a Clydesdale in a Budweiser commercial. Um, I thought the body hitting the dumpster was really fun. Yeah, that felt like a nice it's guy's good. move. I always think about what. What damage is done to the body at that point afterwards? I'm just like that. Is you like just like <laughs> torn open? I'm just like whoa. Oh, corners like got his work cut out for him. Like doing that exam, being like, uh, I don't know. when do, who says these are damaged goods from way back? That's gonna. That be was the speech. Oh, okay, right. that's where I just a little questionable idea about women and what about the men from Shade Black? Yeah. Um, yeah. My uncle put his ping pig in my papa. <laughs> yep. It's just like that's a dismissive. Yeah, yeah you're all in that. You're you're in the middle <laughs> yeah. of that speech right now. It's, it was a lot. Here's it. What when they show the Corbin Bernstein outtakes? Were some of those L.A. Law outtakes, or do you think they got a wig on Bernstein? No, oh. I, they're from other movies. I looked them up. I don't remember what they are, but they're like from from like kind of. I mean, that, sure, he does B pictures. I mean, like, he's he a star of the dentist. Guy. He's always he's always clu- he, he truly he's always is. working. Uh, and they showed Santa Claus Conquers the Martians yeah. in the background of one. Yeah. Uh, uh, who, I, who is the actor that is one of the the frying pan in the fire? The 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 tall guy. Yeah. He's like oh, from that, Buffy, isn't he? Isn't he like a, he was, one of those? Yeah, guys? he's like, he's like a, a young character actor. Yeah, he was like in a lot of teenage uh, teen stuff, and then he was in Punisher yeah, was, War Zone, I think. As like the guy who helps out Frank Castle, he's like the one guy following the Punisher's case. Uh, but he's just Guys. like one of those actors who was there every t- like in every movie at that period, just like Shannon. I saw um, a Punisher decal on a Sentra next door. Ooh, very cool. You gonna make friends yeah. with that guy? I am because that seems like <laughs> yeah. The, anybody who wears a Punisher shirt and has decals on their car of the punisher logo you know is going to be the very most cool. fun person ever and we'll have the best conversations hey frank castle is a role he model really for us is. all this you know what's a good fun time about guy frank, frank castle, castle he loves cops he is the biggest boot licker there is <laughs> 
Loves that thin blue line. (laughs) (laughs) He does. He does. Uh, Although, you know, for someone who loves him so much, he sure does kill them a lot in the comments. Whoa, 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 whoa. But that's his way of showing he loves them. See, no, you don't understand. He stands for my values. Is that what you're going to put on your note to that car? Yeah. (laughs) This decal stands for my values. Let's get a beer. Well, my wife did say uh, uh, I should put a sticker beside it that said uh, Frank Castle hates cops. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that would be pretty amazing. And I think like... Printing those then, up and just you, sticking them on every. I, you put a jigs put a jigsaw pu- sticker on your car yeah, to you really go. say oh, what your idea. Knows, yeah, <laughs> he won't get it because he doesn't know the fucking comics at all. Uh, but with my luck, it would end up being Montague. one of the. It, you know what? We, my luck, if I did something like that, it'd be, end up one of these uh, LAPD gangs or whatever the fuck yes. that <laughs> the last guy had. <laughs> oh God! I mean, that is a good sticker though, and it should go on everyone's car. Uh, what is the captain fucking magic? Did I feel? I felt like I missed something, or that was just a chase. Harold the Amazing. He talks about oh, magic right. the entire yeah. time. There's a point where he catches the phone and he says, "I used to do magic." Yes, and that is where he says, "Captain, Captain fucking Amazing." At the end, lost. Did not connect those dots. I love how I've huh. watched a billion movies, and sometimes Jeff. I'm just so dumb. Uh, I forgot about that. It didn't. It didn't completely pay off. To some, again, it felt a little bit like a Shane Black, just like thing it's the first that shot happened. in the movie where he's the magician, <laughs> but doesn't pay off to anything. That he's like a magician, right? But he does a couple of tricks throughout the movie to does show he? that he's still got these like magician skills, like the phone trick, the witch trick. Catches the phone. When he catches the phone, he's got quick hands. I think you. I, honestly, uh, I'm not being a jerk. I think you both are stretching there. A no, little bit and with she those. brings it up. She brings. <laughs> yeah, it up I know she brings lives. it up. But again, like the everything, these other things, it feels like they bring it mirrors, up. Of like, oh shit, we forgot about this. No, plot thing. and then mirrors the beginning scene with Michelle Monaghan's character asking for him to save the day, just like she did before she got sawed in half. I mean, are we supposed and he's to connect? Performing the magic trick of getting the gun from the coffin. Yeah, because <laughs> I coffin, don't think it's... She's in a coffin in the first scene, Jeff. She's in a coffin. Yeah, and I got that from part. From a coffin, doing a magic trick. I I think it's a little sweaty. I don't think it works. Oh, great. Okay, okay. oh man, I don't oh think it God. works too Jesus well. Is his Christ finger though. getting cut off supposed to be connected to that? Uh, no, I think that's just kind of noir injury. Yeah. I think that's just kind of <laughs> that's like Chinatown getting cut on the nose. Yeah, I think it was just a joke. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, feels like it uh, makes about <laughs> as much sense as those other magic things, honestly, in the plot. Um, I feel like there's one other magic reference earlier in the movie, and I can't think of what it is. He doesn't do like a coin trick or anything like that, but he does do something. Wasn't it at the party? Uh, yeah. There's something he does. I will say I've never remember. loved the trope of not recognizing someone from high school. Like, just oh. like... Jeff, there's a lot you don't I like do. about no, this No, I don't. I, like, I mean, truly. Jeff. I just went back to Texas not a couple, you know, weeks ago, <laughs> and there were pe- I went to a, I attended a funeral, and I not to make this dark. Was there eggnog? Was yes, there eggnog? Was I'm sorry, eggnog 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 eggnog. no. Uh, it was so I there were so many people I knew from high school that I did not recognize, and well, they that's... did not recognize me, and I had to be right. like, yeah. There's now I think that's the thing going with the. Uh, this was written as younger people 
I think that's more of the thing. Is like now I can see it more, but like right. when they're playing the age they're supposed to, I'm like, how many concussions have you had that you don't recognize? Well, there's your 34. main love, your main love from high school, right? Like essentially, but if those flashbacks, I didn't really look. I don't know. Like, I know I she mean, didn't look like her because it's a different really actress. <laughs> but like, I'm just saying, <laughs> if you ran into your main high school crush at 30, I don't think you'd pick it up. Like, and that ends up being like kind of like a plot trope in some movies. And I'm, always, it never is occurred. I'm just like, no, but you would know. Like, if you're getting around. Like unless again, there's Jeff, so we only things. hope it happens to you. We only hope that you run into your high school crush. I mean, if and you're like, I know who it was you. And she's like Jeff, <laughs> Jeff Garlock. Remember? I'm sorry. Who are you? <laughs> and then they're like, Look, it's Native American Joe Pesci, and you're just like, What? <laughs> Punk Rock seems to go. I know who we're talking about. <laughs> I know exactly what's going to happen. It'll be Christian Slater. <laughs> if I run to Christian Slater. Right there at the bar, you'll stop. Be like, there's three girls, all right? I know this plot, all right? One of them has nothing to do with the case. Uh, I really, narrator points out the magical ending. Is that what how we're supposed to get magic in there? That he goes, I know it's amazing that gay Perry is alive. It's magical. That's well, just joking on the end of kind of like happy gilmore yeah. if you Abraham use Lincoln magic and, uh, as a and thing Elvis. and you use the word Jeez. magic it gets connected <laughs> that is all. get yourself to the castle jeff jesus My christ God. you didn't know you're so hardcore on magic i didn't realize they weren't going to be as hardcore as they thought they were going to be Crack on magic. A magic show much <laughs> exactly <laughs> and go talk to that ghost that plays the piano <laughs> <laughs> wait that's not a ghost <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> John, you're blown. Bye-bye. <laughs> uh, and yeah, that beer commercial did confuse me at the end. That That's not as yeah. clear, yeah. Yes, that I one's think. not as that clear. One's, that one's the, that's kind of the yeah. foggiest. Here's the thing that's kind of interesting I noticed in this is like, man, Dowdy re- really sets up the rest of his career. There's oh, a yeah. lot of tank tops. Uh, weird khaki pants uh, and having straws in your mouth while holding a glass. Uh-huh. And I'm just like, the guy's got like his wardrobe and his activities set for the next eight films that he will do for the decade. Yeah, you don't, so you don't get annoyed at that like you do with eating? No, I don't get annoyed with that because he makes it, he makes it work. If you haven't heard when John's like, been on uh, one of our episodes, he has a very big problem with actors eating. I don't have a problem with it. It's, it's just been a recurring conversation a we've had for like 15 it's a business. years. You're just like, didn't know what to do with that scene. It's like, give me a sandwich. Okay, I got an activity. All right. Yeah. Make the sound. This exposition sound normal. What am I supposed to do with my hands? Just give me something. <laughs> they just keep going up. I don't want... <laughs> a Dagwood sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Put the sandwich down, put Thank the sandwich you. down, stop. All right, cut. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> but there's a scene where he's like, before he's going to get in bed with Michelle Monaghan, where he's like sitting and it just, it seems like Stark, just yep. like sitting on a couch thinking. It's like, uh, I don't know, it's just kind of interesting. And I saw an interview with some interviewer where it was like, they were basically like, do more films like Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Like, why don't you do more films like that? And he was like, I was just winding up. That's like, the, the pregame before the, the main event. It's like, you can't re-replicate yeah. that. I mean, also the answer like, is, yeah. what was that box office? 160, whatever. <laughs> like, that's why. Uh, maybe that is part of it, is it feels now watching it because I didn't have uh, connective tissue to it of 
liking it when it first came out. Uh, that I do like it more, but it feels uh, it feels transition. It feels transition from yeah. first era black to what he will kind of the the next half. Like it feels like kind of even like last boys last Boy Scout into this does feel like all right. He's gotten too depressed. Like he can't. He doesn't understand who should be a superhero and who shouldn't. And then he's like goes extra hard into his black isms, but uh, it, it it I don't know. There's a there's enough seams that I'm like, oh, but I like it better in this, and I like it better in this, and I like it better in this. Like even you kind of pointing out that Stark scene, I right. was like, I I like where Robert Dooney. Uh, Robert Dooney. Dooney. <laughs> I like the Dunes. Robert Dooney um, House. <laughs> I like where Macho Man. I didn't know you were gonna be on the show. I like Robert Downey. I like where he will go to. Uh, maybe after yeah. this, I, I like it more. I like that transitional aspect about it. Like I like that. <clears throat> you know, I think like now it's a little bit more of a well-known film. I feel like, especially after his skyrocketing to the stratosphere, especially after Iron Man 3. But I feel like at the time, what I liked about it, and Frank, maybe you felt this way too, it was like a little bit like no one kind of knew about it. It was a return to form for Shane yeah. Black. It was a return to form for Downey. And you could see him kind of, and then when he started to do Stark, you were like, oh, you could see him laying the groundwork yeah. there. Like you felt like, I felt like I I had seen the rough draft, yeah. you know, the preview before opening night a little bit. So there was like exciting aspects about it that I think that seeing it at the time made it, a little bit more impactful yeah. than it is now. It's your Shane Black like underground black metal. Like you're like yeah. it's totally, the Shane yeah, Black totally, demo yeah. to yeah. where he will go. Yeah. Like whatever the version of Shane Black's yeah. demo is that still has Joel Silver yeah. and James Brooks <laughs> still got Joel helping involved. you out on it. Um exactly. But yeah, and that's the one and and maybe that is it is like where it's like if it's like compared to a band, if it's like you miss that demo. Like then you're like, no, nah, yeah. I went back to it. It's like pretty good. It's like, no, you don't understand. Yeah, <laughs> like, at the time. Yeah, yeah at the time it was, was all... I had a lot of promise and it was cool yeah. that we're getting something like this in the time where the action and the comedies were starting to get like really hollow. And you know. I was watching Hitch, you know. Yeah. I was there every weekend, so I wasn't going to be checking this. You were there out. every weekend that Hitch was in the movie theater. Every weekend Hitch was in. It would go back and forth. I'd watch, you know, The House with the Laughing Windows, Bird Hitch. with the Crystal Plumage. I became Hitch uh, <laughs> briefly. Yeah. Um, you weren't taken to the name at all. Uh, you're just like, why would I call you that? It doesn't have anything to do with your name. Uh, yeah. You can't give yourself a nickname. And I said, fuck you frank um yeah you know but you said i was like give me dating advice and you said i don't know just uh i don't know <laughs> and then i was like cool hitch learn to learn to love learn to the rope exactly. told you and you were talk like, about an obscure movie and a metal band for too long <laughs> bdsm it is paddles right after ucb there i go <laughs> I mean, a little insight for some of you there. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean, what uh, do we have? Any other uh, kiss, kiss, bang, bang? Is it true that that's? I read today that one of the reasons the title there, and it feels like a made-up uh, internet fact, is that in Europe that's what they called film noirs, or that was a slang for it because they were kiss, kiss, also, bang, Pauline bang. Kale. It's a term Pauline Kale came up with for a review as that's, well. 
It's like batted around. So 100% um, Wikipedia non-fact fact. fact. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And Bond is kind of referred to Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. It's a lyric in one of the theme songs or he gets referred to that as Mr. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang and something either European entitling or something like that. So yeah, it's bandied around in the noir genre. And the original title or the one he went with that for a bit was uh, You'll Never Die in This Town Again. Yeah. I believe. I like that. I like that. That one. would have been too on the nose. I I I, I think that, that's funny. I I find that one a little too kind of because it hits the industry stuff right. so much. It just kind of makes like I think I yeah. Uh, but I see where it comes from. Fits. Kiss kiss bang bang's a little cute. <laughs> like some there of this go. dialogue. <laughs> we know. We know Jeff. We know. I mean, I'm a hardcore he fucking movie lover and a hardcore music <laughs> fan. I only like it tough and in your face. <laughs> Give me the deer hunter. It's, it's very <laughs> Exactly. I ain't watching the deer hunter. I ain't watching nothing. Godfather one, Godfather two. Don't talk to me about three. Okay. Don't Chimino. Right, full cuts of all Chimino films. <laughs> exactly. Translation. No, oh, I never watched any of them because they're all way too long. I was <laughs> busy. We're gonna eat this meal and then we're gonna watch Heaven's Gate. <laughs> that's all my day. That's my hitch advice. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that's your. Hitch you gotta advice. watch the Z Channel oh, documentary. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> and watch the full cut of Chamino, Heaven's Gate, and the Sicilian. Sadly, I am married, and I've seen both of those things. So they, maybe it does work. Maybe Jeff Hitch Garlock. Yeah, does. it mean, works. Yeah, I mean, yeah. My dating advice: force your wife to watch too many Italian bullshit movies. Or That's our when shirt, you're watching, yeah. I mean, Gar Hitch. <laughs> Gar. Or like last night when I was watching Alligator, and she's like, really? You're watching this? I was like, it's good. I'm telling you. I'll explain to you why it's good later. <laughs> or maybe Hitchlock. The guy from The Godfather's <laughs> in there. guy from The Right? The guy from The Godfather's in He's like, hey, yes. how's it about it? Yep. Look, like, uh, also, I mean, just to say, Alligator, I, I was about to text both of you last night. of like, you got to watch Alligator. <laughs> it's like one of those, cl- like, right. showed up in that Quentin Tarantino book where he's like, that's why I cast him in Jackie Brown. Robert wow. Forster because he's like I loved him in Alligator and yeah. it's one of those like classic John Sayles wrote the script in between writing good movies yeah. he's like I'll also write Alligator that'll have a weird theme about Robert Forster's thinning hair that keeps coming <laughs> up it's a pretty good movie it's a lot better than it should be um, and uh, Louis Teague or whatever directed the guy did Cujo and uh, uh, a bunch of other stuff yeah oh, nice. it's, it's it's worth watching it, people watch Alligator it's on Shudder hey, Shudder speaking talking of about film we're talking we're talking kiss, kiss, bang, bang. It's going to be talking about film because it takes place in Hollywood. This really ties together, you know. What I'm I d- you know what? I didn't pick up that it was in Hollywood. That's weird. Uh, that's Shane Black's <laughs> actual mansion at the beginning, too. By the way. Yep. Yeah. It is. It's also in Iron Man Three. Is it? Oh, in, right, wait, that's yeah. the one. Yeah. When they leave, when le- they leave, and they're stand and Stan, um, Stan Lee. That's his name. Stan Lee's outside. Oh. That's the same exit as. If Shane Black trying desperately to get that address on the Star Maps tour. He's like, guys, I'm giving it to you. <laughs> Shane Black like, let's keep production down. I got a great house. I got a great That's house. what I love is that he's like, he's trying to pull a cannon move, trying to keep production down yeah. on an exorbitantly budgeted movie. <laughs> well, we got to rent a mansion. I got one. I think he wanted, I think he wanted, he was lonely. He wanted company. He's like, you could, the crew could stay here. <laughs> Yeah, it's big enough. You can say, hey, I got all types of sodas. Craft services. 
Who needs craft services when Shane Black knows how to cook? Everybody take a seat. Okay, I'm going to just start getting some pasta going. He's still getting over that girl from fucking Last Boy Scout. And he's like that kid who just has too many snacks when you're growing up. And you're like, yeah, I mean, it's cool. The kid kind of sucks. but Got a lot of books. Anybody want to read some Chandler? Come on, take take a book off a shelf. It's my real bookshelf. I'm making some pasta. Come on, we're doing a thing. We're having a I night. mean, that is such a, like, as we said, with, like, writing a woman's part that it's like, then the dream woman creams her jeans <laughs> over an entire collection of first press Johnny Gossamers. <laughs> I mean, I get it. I'm with you, Shane, on that one. I'd love a lot. That's, yeah, yeah, sure. I'm sure, my wife would love a good Johnny Gossamer. <laughs> Birth exactly. <laughs> That's how I knew my wife was the one. She saw a pile of books and went bananas one time. On our like, first date, you. she's like, Have you ever watched The Outfit? It's <laughs> one of the best Parker translations. <laughs> and I'm like, Let's go to Anthology Film Archives and get married. <laughs> William Lustig will be our Justice of the Peace. A dream. <laughs> Ma- Whoa! So, Marry us in sweatpants. Um, everybody listening, remember out of print pulp novels, part yeah. of the Hitchlock plan. Exactly. 100%. <laughs> Chimino films, okay, including Year of the Dragon. All Have right. I shown uh, you my oh, no, first Year pressings of the-, of the Michael McDowell Blackwater series? I've got them all. <laughs> I'm just missing five currently. <laughs> That's all. Yeah, just yes. take notes, everybody. Take notes. I mean, there's three married men hosting on this show right now. I mean, we know what we're talking about. <laughs> Success. <laughs> Success. <laughs> two Results of them don't lie. wildly been together way too long. <laughs> <laughs> like, Frank's been together the normal amount of long. <laughs> you and I, it's just yeah. like, wait, <clears throat> how long have you been with your wife? <laughs> when people are like, how old are you? And then you say, I've been with my wife for 20 years. They're like, that's half your life. <laughs> you good at life. math. Yeah. <laughs> You're pretty good. You're pretty quick. Uh, do we have anything uh, else we missed that we wanted to speak of? Oh, we got we got to talk about like. Or you want to do the? I, I don't know if you're going to plan to do. Oh, a we're going to get to the Christmas. We're, we're going to Don't you worry. We're going to get to that. I, I don't know if there's anything else really to add. Like it's a problematic movie, like every Shane sure. Black film there is. But there's something about about it, and like it, this gets me. I I'll say, man, this gets me more in the season spirit than like oh, it's a wonderful life you know i mean i'll give you like that any one of these sure. action things <laughs> yeah i mean that's what i think that's why i was excited to come back on and just like what we're doing here is just like these are the movies i watch around the holidays they they get me in the mood and, santa hats uh, floating in a pool with a chick i mean that's john murray in a nutshell <laughs> exactly. totally you got you know i i you know you got a very attractive flicker sure. character floating around in that movie shot in like, a needless yeah, I'm, dutch I'm angle and... i mean that is just that's pure holiday <laughs> <laughs> exactly i don't know there's just something about it where it's like you put like you know uh someone firing a semi-automatic pistol and some santa hats and some lights in the back i'm just like it's it's the holidays <laughs> um I meant to ask before I might have started to say this. It was the only precocious child, unless I'm missing his oh. nephew that he calls when he's robbing and the kid's like, I want Proto yeah. Man. Right. Yeah, it's wow. pretty low on Wait, was uh, it the name Proto Man? Is that not it? What is it? Proto Cop. Proto Cop. Proto Man is... Yeah. Oh, we also... 
Since we are of the industry, let's talk about how New York is every back alley in L.A. And let's also talk about who holds a major Hollywood audition at 10 o'clock in the evening when you're robbing yes. a store. Where at that, like, I was just like, I've been on a lot of calls in my life, but I have never been on one where it's like, it's hidden. You got to get down to <laughs> right. like, the studio. You got to go to 57th <laughs> and uh, between 9th and 10th, and you got to wait in this alleyway <laughs> to go up. <laughs> Yeah, John, I got something down for you in Chelsea on 26th and, uh, and just 6th. Just take a right at the steam right. coming out of a manhole. <laughs> yeah, real, real big spot. Okay, down a dark, dark, Jason dark, dark Voorhees is going to okay, be punching the head off of a boxer, so watch out for that. <laughs> exactly. All right, just going to be a cold read, John. Just head on down there. All right. Okay, I'm going to just take like 4 a.m. 4 a.m. Just, just use the pain right. of the death of your robbing partner. <laughs> um uh yeah this was definitely one again where it's it's, so it's is is this one shot in la is it actually shot in la yeah i think so continues with like i've lived here for now a couple years and i cannot recognize anything you haven't had a chance to i mean you came right at i I know i just still haven't picked it like when they said that it's her silver lake house i was like i know that (laughs) like to get the excitement (laughs) of uh, that house blowing up in the Hollywood Hills, the end of the last right. Boy Scout. I was like, at least I was like, I know that Griffith Observatory. <laughs> I've been here almost, uh, yeah, almost six years now, and I'm just now getting familiar with LA. I, I think I, I said it to John. It's the, one of the greatest moments was watching To Live and Die in LA, and they tell you an address in Pasadena. And then it is the address in Pasadena. And I was like, I'm going to take John there the next time he's here. <laughs> the church where they do a stakeout. <laughs> I stay, I go by it every time I get Thai food. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I do enjoy in this movie that Downey's a New Yorker in yeah. L.A. I always enjoy a good New Yorker in L.A. A la California. A la, you know, <laughs> California. California. <laughs> Every time I get off the plane, it's the first thing yep. I say. Anytime I'm in California, I'm like, just giving his tight five. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yep. That's so I enjoy that aspect yeah. of this movie as well. Um, uh, that we that, and uh, all so. the Christmas music's a little jazzy for me, but you know that works for the works for the movie. <laughs> yeah. I tried to look up Santa called me a hoe. I wanted to listen oh. to that. Couldn't find that on Spotify. I gotta gotta go. So that up interesting on fact about the soundtrack. Uh, the the credit the credit song I was like this kind of sounds like the oh, verb oh, yeah. pipe I was like it sounds <laughs> like the guy from the verb pipe I was like who what what mid aughts band like alternative band is this and it's fucking Robert Downey Jr. Downey Jr. just laying down a with, track co wrote yeah. the song oh, with uh, Mark Hudson who co wrote Living on the Edge by Aerosmith. Really? <laughs> yes, dude. It's, it's I was amazing. Like, how I, dude? I every time I watch the movie, I let the credits play all the way out just to hear that sweet <laughs> yeah. downy jam. How do you get over broken? <laughs> it's oh, no return great. of Bruno, but you know it's. it's what is? What is? So what seriously? Is? What, exactly. Uh, I just want I, to mention one yeah. thing: is that Shane Black did say that every thirty minutes something big had to happen because of an audience's attention span. So every big set piece or every kind of uh, thing that moves the plot forward happens every 30 minutes. 
He was looking out for the dullards like me. Who need, <laughs> need a reminder. Well, it kind of it, you can see it because when they go to kill Perry, you're like, why are we going to kill Perry in right. MacArthur Park? Yeah, because something needs to happen. You know, that's the one thing where I'm like, all right, we got to cover it up because Perry kind of knows what's going on now, I guess. <laughs> I'll say my so. favorite Perry line, I realized I had it blocked, uh, uh, bolted out, was just, why in perfect health would you pee on the corpse? Like it's the wording of perfect health. <laughs> it just I was like, that's it. That's the extra detail to lie. That's when you that's when you get I a garlic. I just heard right that there. line. I What'd thought he said perfect blue hell. And I, I don't know why. I was like, what does that even fucking mean? <laughs> that would be Shane Black going wrong. <laughs> you oh. heard you heard the shit version of Shane Black. You're that right. would be if like Rennie Harlan was like, We need to rewrite this line. <laughs> perfect blue hell. <laughs> that's was what we always say when I come. <laughs> I will say my favorite line of the movie, the best line of the movie is, oh, I don't like him. Kurt Cobain, he took my cricket. (laughs) (laughs) I've rewound that part so many times. I was like, I would have fucking lost it on set. (laughs) That lady, the lady at the the mental institution. The mental institution. Oh, right. I don't like Yeah, because they're like, have you seen this girl? And they're trying to find Michelle Monaghan. <laughs> she goes, I don't like, oh, Kurt oh, I don't like him. <laughs> Kurt Cobain. He took my cricket. <laughs> it's just so, such a great so delivery. Good. That section is very nice, guys. The way the two oh, of yeah. them are interacting, yep. it feels like we're starting to get the yeah. rhythm of what is uh, the yep. nice guy's rhythm there. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's a transition movie, you know. But uh, it's, it's fun. I enjoyed it more than I used to. <laughs> But I enjoy all the Christmas in there, as you said, Sean Murray, But because this is a time where we got to rate this thing. We've been doing our Shane Black rating. I mean, first off, we got two ratings here. The first one is uh, one to ten Christmas trees. How Christmassy is this Christmas Shane Black Christmas movie? What do you think, John? I'm gonna say I was thinking about it. I was thinking I think it's a nine. I think it's 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 you know you start with the Christmas music that that jazzy do 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 which I have on a Christmas playlist uh, <laughs> because of that movie. Uh, but anyway, uh, you know there's that and it's just throughout and even at the end he's like, well that's what happened last Christmas. Even though he starts the narration saying what happened last week <laughs> and then ends by saying last Christmas, I'm like, did is this a dream? Right. Did a dream happen here that we don't know about? But nonetheless. Uh, I would. I'm gonna give it that a nine. Sounds about right. Maybe to me, Frank. What do you think? Yeah, I'm in agreement. Nine. We're gonna we're gonna be uh, putting tinsel on that tree together because I think that's <laughs> a nine, definitely. Very Christmas. <laughs> it doesn't feel like Iron Man three, where it feels a little bit shoved in at a certain point. Uh, it feels maybe connected to the season uh, a bit more. Yeah, we get to see how Joel Silver celebrates Christmas and that weird party with all that the That is the interesting part. It's like you all are maybe showing your cards a little bit too much about what your lives are like. Uh, well, that's uh, what the people said that Shane Black's parties were actually like oh that he boy. would throw. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's, it's a little bit like I was like this morning thinking about uh, not loving sexual 70s classic rock songs versus other classic <laughs> rock songs because oftentimes I'm just like, you think this sounds cool, but you're just letting me know you're a creep. What? <laughs> like, I feel like making love? 
Yeah, I mean, I that that's like the calmest one. There. I was thinking about a real creepy rainbow song, and it's just oh like, boy. guys, no, rainbow, yeah, yeah, don't let us know about this uh, side of your personality. Meanwhile, meanwhile, uh, feels like making a love is too much for Frank. Right? Yeah, that's a, oh boy, I get all hot and bothered. <laughs> da, 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 and I get all hard and heavy. Hard and heavy. Ooh, moist in all the right places. <laughs> oh, buddy. Uh, on one to ten Christmas trees, how Shane Black is this Shane Black movie? Ten? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I would say 9.5 just because we don't get enough of a precocious child. That is unless true. You count, unless you count the beginning of the movie, uh, Michelle Monaghan's character as oh, a kid. Oh, right. So playing the yeah. prank. Saying someday I'll be a, a famous actress or whatever. Did we give Nice Guys a ten? <laughs> I think Probably. yeah, we did. Yeah, it's got to be a nine then. Like I don't think I think it almost a ten, but I agree the precocious child. There's not enough precocious child. I think you know what, uh, Jeff. I think uh-huh. you have a thing for Downey that you don't like, but you love Gosling. We know that you have like just unrequited love for Gosling. That and is I true. No, that's why. But I will agree on the rewatch. <laughs> I do like Nice Guys better than Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. I think it's since you can when before see, yeah. I wouldn't have said that. Before yeah. I wouldn't have said that. Before I would have said Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is the better movie. But I think now with the rewatch and some time, I think Nice Guys is the better movie. I don't think I would have compared the two. Like I wouldn't have thought of them. No, as being I'm doing like, it. I'm pinning it against each other. No, no. Let now me I do. do. That's I legitimately take think. Take this away from me, Jeff. I can't take it away because I'm jumping in that pool with you. A shade black <laughs> pool. Oh look, there's a Santa hat floating by, and a naked woman, and she's like a mermaid for some reason. <laughs> do, 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 and oh my do, gosh, Shane Black's do, do. in the background. He's just like, "Welcome to my party, pal." Jeff got to the party finally. How did he get to the party? <laughs> I Wait, just think- hold up. I fucked that up. Let's take it back. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I repeated party twice. Let me start over. I'm the only narrator here, so I'm I think I never noticed that they're, they live in such the same world, like even though it's the same Shane Black world, that it and it's hard now to not think of it as just the transition into the one that really, really works. Like, outs yeah. and like, and that doesn't have uh, other elements. It's sort of like why I either like or just, I mean, but also again, yeah, it does help Gosling. Oof. I mean, that guy, just number one all around. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make the holiday fart and I'm going to say, I, I stick with Kiss Kiss sure. over Nice Guys. That's fine. <clears throat> I like, I like the Nice Guys, but I think that, uh, I think what gets me with this one is, and I'll, I'll be honest, I think yeah. circumstance is what, like we were talking about, like yeah. the demo tape thing, really kind of always makes this this one. Yeah, weird I for think me a it was a more. very. I think for the time it got released, it was a very unique and special thing that happened in in cinema. Yeah. Uh, I, I, but I do believe that because I do think that, like, like we said, it's like there wasn't anything like that at that sure. time. There were so many elements that made yeah. it exciting. I mean, it was. It was like Bay. It's like, you know, and we still kind of live in like a Bay world when it comes to action. Oh, I've been living in a Bay world ever since, baby. (laughs) (laughs) No, I do. I mean, I I don't. Bay, baby. (laughs) Bay, Bay's kids. We're Bay, Bay's kids. (laughs) We don't die. We we multiply. (laughs) (laughs) Just swoop it around while that's happening. (laughs) No, I mean, like, I we've we've kind of talked about this before, Frank, but I think uh 
circumstance of when you saw something is possibly more important than actual like analysis of a movie i sometimes feel like every single professional non-professional review should begin or end with one sentence that's just like by the way i was a little cranky this week yeah what was your situation when you saw this movie it came up on yeah. with Gorley and Russ where like uh, Matt Gorley was talking about that where he only recently was just like coming up with his like four categorizations for when he watches movies even now where he's like good day, good movie, bad day, good movie, bad day, bad movie. Like it's all the like kind of like it's like the unknown knowns and the known knowns um, from fucking Rumsfeld. But it is just the fact it's like if I can look back, that's why I was so interested in looking. I was like, oh, 2005. I know where i was mentally like that wasn't a garlock for a kiss kiss bang bang then uh you know and that's that's uh that's my fault um but that's on you that's on me and i'm gonna be paying for that for the rest of my life (laughs) um (laughs) but i'm glad we got to talk about it i truly do appreciate it more uh, uh, I, I, I don't, I wouldn't just have a wide sweeping, no thank you to it anymore. Um, and isn't that what's important? <laughs> yes. Ganging up on you. You know, you know, Ganging wiping the brow right. brought the holidays yeah. together, right? Is it the best way to end yeah, the holidays? Exactly. You know, you know, who's listening to this podcast, Robert Downey Jr. Just wiping his brow being like, thank God Jeff won't just say no thank you off the bat to one of my friends. You know he's wondering, man. He's just like sitting around waiting for that Garlock stamp of approval. Oh, I, I saw an interview with him where he was wearing a Panther shirt. So he's Thank he's you. Uh, let's get serious, <laughs> Downey, about this. They asked him why, and he's like, my Bruce Lee DJing shirt <laughs> right. was dirty. And uh, I needed to wear this. I needed this. This is what I have to wear. That just weirdly reminded me of when we watched Iron Man 3 and my wife just out of note, like halfway through, decided to be like, what's up with his facial hair? <laughs> and I was like, that's what Tony Stark looks like. I know. It's weird looking. It's like the comic, yes, honey. Did, come I was on. Like, I sound like an asshole right now. But if you look life. closely, it's it's shaped. It spells out orchid. <gasps> oh, he does love me. And he wants my opinion. <laughs> Oh, Downey, we love you still. Uh, so, uh, John, <laughs> this is my favorite yeah. part of the podcast when I have John Marie on a podcast. Where can people find you? Hey, you know what? You can, you can find me on the streets, okay? All right. <laughs> you want to find me? You come and find me on the streets, all right? Okay, I'm going to tell you, like 4 a.m. in a back alley, a lot of steam. Okay, I'll be on an open call, all right? A for huge Hollywood movie. A major studio action. <laughs> Huge Hollywood movie, uh, action pick of some kind. Uh, yeah, just kind of free, just just going, just improvising hard on the script. So just find me, all right. That's what I say. Find me on the streets of New York City, all right. And if you find me, we'll we'll talk. We'll talk. We'll talk, we'll talk movies. Head off a of fish, uh, just like that bear. Uh, exactly. Uh, Frank, where can people find us? They can find us on Instagram and Twitter at the Canon Canon. Second Canon is one N. And go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash the Canon Can and help us out to do this podcast. I hope you we hope you have enjoyed the Shane Black Christmas. Yeah, happy holidays. Happy holidays, everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Go watch any of these Shane Black movies. I mean, seriously. It, yeah. it, it'll just bring joy to your to your heart and get into a fight with your uncle. And thanks them. for uh keeping us company yeah. throughout the year. Thanks for listening to us. Uh, yeah. 
and all of you who interact with us online and stuff we really appreciate it thank you we do we truly do and so until next week and next year i'm jeff garlock and i'm frank garcia hale this is the The canon canon why in perfect health would you pee on the corpse captain fucking magic (laughs) 